Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host. And in this episode, Craig Williams is going to tell us about his very short trip to Disneyland Paris. And we're going to use that as a way to give you some advice on how you can visit Disneyland Paris if you only have a few days. I'm joined at the table by our panel of experts, Client Services Manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Bonjour. Oh, agent and welcome center manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Three Cycles. Hey. Very French of you. And back in our production facility, we have our producer, Craig Williams. Hello. Hey there. All right, so Craig had an opportunity to go to Disneyland Paris for a very short period of time. Um, we're going to have him tell us the circumstances behind that. But we also thought this was a great opportunity to kind of talk about Disneyland Paris. Um, Kevin and I have been... Teresa, have you ever been? No, I have not. That's so sad. Should be another work. Another I'll do work, a workation for you. Do a workation at <laughs> Disneyland Paris. Um, but yeah, so we've had an opportunity to visit, and we've actually stayed only a couple days each time, anyway, right? So, our, the only I've been to the, the Disneyland Paris. I've the been, Disneyland Paris. I've been twice, and both times it was for a very short time. Right. So we hope, hopefully give you some tips if you can't get there for. Um, a longer stay. So, Craig, tell us the circumstances about this trip. Why did you go? What was the reason for it? Why did you only spend a little time there? Yeah, the uh, full disclosure up front, that could have been a bad word. Um, The full disclosure up front is that Disney did, in fact, pay uh, for this trip almost entirely. Uh, They, at the last minute, uh, about a week in advance from my date of departure, they asked us if we would be... uh, willing to come out and cover their inaugural fan days event that was happening at the Walt Disney Studios Park. It is, uh, it's obviously going to come back again in the future. We're not sure if it's just going to be there or if it's going to make its way to other parks as well too. But, uh, they, they sent an email saying that they would pay for the flight and put us up at the hotel and transfers to and from the airport. And, uh, then it ended up being even more once it got there, including meal vouchers and other meals that were paid for, uh, event admission into fan days, couple, uh, if I wanted to, I could have went the entire trip without spending a single dime on anything. Uh, I, I did not in some circumstances just because like some of the meals they wanted to offer were uh, buffets and long dinner shows, things that in a very short amount of time I did not want to waste. Uh, did they try to get you into Buffalo Bills? Uh, yeah. Yes, they tried to get me into Buffalo Bills. They love and, that show out there, I gotta yeah. tell you. And I I did want to see it, but then... But you have a limited amount of time. Exactly. You don't want to spend hours at a dinner show. Yeah. You want to get in the park. It, was, it would have taken up about two hours yep. with the entire experience. And I'm going to jump I in here for a just list, a second. Yeah. In my short my very limited experience with Disneyland Paris, people think France, they think French food. I found nothing in Disneyland Paris that I thought was wasting valuable park time. I thought all of it was, I, I think they ju- I think it's easier to just grab and go. That's my Oh, opinion. I see what oh, you mean. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't put it together. You meant you would rather be in the park and experience the yeah. park Rather than going to a dinner show or something like that. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Gotcha. So Fan Days is going to be, or was, <clears throat> excuse me, a uh, an event, a private, a separate ticketed event. Yes. Um, we are speculating on, we don't know what it means for the future, but they wanted um, 
folks from the Disney community out there, the fan sites, to go and um, review it and cover it. Not review it, but cover it and yes. advertise for them. And that was the opportunity. Now, the interesting thing was this was very short notice. Yes. You had a very limited amount of time for us to make a decision and who was going to go and you were going to go, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I By the time that uh, I left on a Thursday night at 9 o'clock p.m. to start my travel trip that uh, got me there on Friday, I didn't have a confirmed flight until about Wednesday morning at I think it was 6 a.m. They sent me the confirmation and then I didn't find out until either late Wednesday night or early Thursday morning that I even had a hotel room because I didn't even have that information. So I was traveling under the greatest of stress. Uh, Even though it was all taken care of by Disney, I... But there's still that thought of, oh my gosh, what happens if they screwed up? What happens if I don't really have a hotel? What am I going to do? How am I going to get around? Now, if you've been there before, you know, you could probably think to yourself, well, I know that I can go to a hotel and get a room because there's multiple hotels. But if this is your first time, it's obviously Had you had not been to Disneyland Paris before? No, this was my first time. And on top of that, I haven't ever honestly researched into Disneyland Paris. It's not something that's been an option for me to go to at this point. So I knew the general uh, idea of it. Like I knew that there was the Disneyland hotel that also served as like kind of like sitting on top of the park entrance. I knew that they didn't have Haunted Mansion. They had Phantom Manor, which was darker. And I knew about some of their Fantasyland uh, attractions that were a little bit more unique than what we had. Obviously, how beautiful their castle is, seeing it in pictures. Uh, and they didn't have Tomorrowland. They have Discoveryland. So I knew I knew information like that. You even tweeted, um, where should I eat? Yeah, no. I, Disneyland Paris, where should I eat? Yeah, I had I had no clue. I like I knew about uh, really just attractions, stuff, things like Ratatouille. Again, I didn't know restaurants. I didn't even know hotels. So when they didn't even they told me they were taking care of the hotels, it would be at a Disney hotel. The first thing I did was went and I looked through all of them, and I was starting to be like, okay, I hope they don't put me here. I hope they don't put me where here. Where did you and end up staying? I ended up. Sorry, I ended up staying at Hotel New York. There's there's quite a few of, <clears throat> excuse me, there's quite a few very nice hotels at Disneyland Paris. Then you get into the things that are like the nature yeah. place, which is a little sketchy. <laughs> it's a little, you're, I mean, it's a cabin in the woods type of thing, and it's all very sort of odd. And I'm sure if you're a fan of that, you're going to write to me and be mad about me. But Especially that. the word sketchy. Yeah. There are eight <laughs> There are eight Disney-owned and operated hotels out there. So there's a lot wow. of choices. There's more than I thought. Yeah. There's quite a few. And they're, they're very nice hotels. I've walked through the Hotel New York. I haven't stayed there. It's a nice enough hotel. It's It's themed. very interesting. Um, it was it is about ready to shut down and be converted into a Marvel hotel. We found out about that yeah, at that the one. 2017 cool. D23 Expo. I think Marvel will uh, be suited in there because it is right now the hotel at its point is just the 
most generalized thought of New York yeah. Americans. Um, you know, it's like one hallway has a giant Yankees logo and the other one has a New York Mets logo. So <laughs> they think that New York is like baseball taxi cabs. <laughs> well, that would be like it's, if we built a Paris hotel in St. Cloud, mm-hmm. you know, we'd have a croissant in the oh, Statue of Liberty. It's always know? interesting to think right. what people think yeah. New York is. I, oh, it, I found it very hilarious. I was like, you know what? It's, it's a, it is a romanticized idea of what New York is, especially with like the bar area. It does feel like kind of what you'd expect from a 1950s New York bar. But uh, it's so I'm sure the French and other Europeans probably get a kick out of it as an American walking in. It, it did make me chuckle a little bit. But and again, nice enough hotel. Um, how were the rooms? Were the rooms OK or they could you tell they're need, in need of rehab? Yeah, it, it, the rooms were definitely uh, they're on their way. For the rehab, and mm. I would say it was about there. It wasn't like the rooms were in bad condition, like furniture was beat up, uh, anything like that. It just, it, it, Disney hotel rooms, when you do them themed, eventually themes start to feel dated. Yeah. That's, that's an inevitability, even though you might form an attachment to the rooms as they are. Uh, it just, they all, they all live their lifespan and then it's time to change it up. And I would, I, definitely would see that this one was on its way to change my my only uh criticism which i don't have a lot of because i can't honestly do it considering i didn't pay for it but i you know i always travel with my converters now when i go to europe i was expecting more outlets in the room and so when i only had two different outlets i could plug in my converter and that that caught me off guard so uh, when I travel, I have a lot of electronic equipment that needs to be plugged in, and so it's like I had to, I had to really watch how I how much I could plug in because there wasn't a lot of outlets. But this is um, the Disneyland Hotel is their flagship, as uh, Craig mentioned. That's the one that goes over the entrance to the park. Very cool. This is actually considered their second, yeah, best hotel. So like a moderate. Uh, no, I would still think it's probably it's, considered a deluxe hotel yeah, out yeah. there. But in there, again, you use those terms, and it's not exactly the right way to use it out there. Mm-hmm. But and it's also um, one of the first ones built. So as they build new hotels or anything, new cruise ships, they add more plugs. They make things more modern. All of Europe could use an additional outlet. Right. I mean, all of know, Europe. We went. We stayed at the Disneyland Hotel, and it's and absolutely gorgeous, and it's beautiful, and it's got this wonderful theming. But it's you know you're in a cave. It's like there's no plugs and no lights, and it's very the, the brightest bulb is like 25 watts. I used my cell phone <laughs> flashlight a lot. So I mean, this is not. You know, I'm not picking on this. Yeah. This is just the way it is. And it's just it, not our, the way we travel. If it you goes know? under rehab, you'll see more of that. Yeah. One thing that I was shocked about this whole area that I didn't understand, um, and I'll start with the leaving the airport and going there. I know we'll talk about that more. I didn't realize that Disneyland Paris was basically going to be out in the middle of a field in a <laughs> French boondocks. countryside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but even more than that, I didn't realize that it was designed kind of with the same ideals as Disneyland, Universal, and uh, some of like the Epcot resort areas that all the hotels are right there within walking distance. Yes. So when I walk, I, I saw online that it said like, okay, Disneyland hotel, that takes five minutes to get to Disneyland Park. Michael. It really, it takes five minutes to get downstairs. Yes, but <laughs> um, but then, like my hotel, it said ten minutes. Uh, the Sequoia, it said ten. The Newport, 
uh, 20 and the ones further out, the Cheyenne and I forget the other Sketchy name. Sketchy ones. Um, yeah, they're like, those are 20. Santa Fe. And, and yes. then, you know, like I said, there's the power, yeah. there's the nature one. But um, Disneyland and Paris is 20 miles from Paris. Paris. Okay, I wondered about that. And it, uh, is it out in the countryside? Yeah. But it's actually a purpose built area. It's a place almost a little bit like if you took Celebration. Florida uh, and connected it to Walt Disney World. There's housing there's out there. Around it. Val de, Marnay something. Val de, yeah. I apologize. I can't come up with the other one. Yeah, word. I can't think of it either. But again, this is a purpose driven space where there's housing for uh, people. Val Durup. That Sorry. is space for people to live and then who might work at Disneyland. So it's all yeah. this sort of they took land and they Community. built it up. Yeah. It's like, it's fascinating. We drove through and there's like cornfields. Yeah. And the Whoa, there's a castle. Yeah, the the hotels all are within walking distance. So like Disneyland, you have to pass through uh the shopping dining district here. It's Disney Village. Right. But that's that's all you have to do to get through with the exception of Disneyland Hotel again. That's And surprisingly, that's on the other side of it all. surprisingly the other hotels that aren't Disney hotels are also very close. See, and I didn't get a chance to walk yeah. further to see, but there were people that I, I did meet there. And uh, once it were even in our group who chose other accommodations on their own because they're staying longer, bringing family, friends, stuff like that, that stayed off site and you know they they were also very happy with offsite uh, choices and the actual distance to get the, to it. Europeans actually, the people who are from Europe actually prefer those hotels. They're cheaper. Yeah, but then again, they're very close by, and a lot of them are uh, chain hotels, so they're not. You yeah, know, I know. Max, my son, had gone over last year, and they stayed off property, but it. They said it was so close. It was very close, right there. Yeah. So it's a it's a cool experience from that perspective for sure. You've got this. Again, it's almost like this, what Epcot might have been envisioned to be, because again, you have people living there and working there, and there's places for them to do their stuff, cleaning and shopping and stuff, but then there's also theme parks and hotels. Yeah, and uh, just to highlight on the trip from the airport, there's obviously multiple options. Uh, They provided a taxi. from the airport so they came and found me as soon as i got through baggage claim and exited out and i will just like i saw the fare obviously as i was riding in the car and a taxi from charles de gaulle to disneyland paris uh it it was around 130 euros which so depending on what it's not yeah. yeah, it was uh, on the way there because it was a Friday night with traffic. Uh, it took 90 minutes, but on the way back to the airport on a Sunday or Monday morning, no traffic at all. It only took about 35, but yeah, the fares are still the same. A uh, very popular option from Charles de Gaulle is there's a train. Exactly. And the train takes you directly from the airport to Disneyland. Wow. Yes. There's a stop at Disneyland. That's very popular when people are leaving Disneyland to get on the train, which the stop is right there, and it takes you right into the airport. Yeah, or they can go to Paris. Or well, The yeah. train goes other places, but there is a direct link between the park and the airport. And it does have limited hours, though, so you have to make sure that it falls in your travel hours. The other option that uh, our, our friends, the, uh, the Marks, told me is that uh, it's very easy to get an Uber all around france now and uh it's they said it's a option that they've used many times and it's very very affordable we, we hired a private car to take us in and out because we had 
multiple people and multiple luggage. But again, it's all very easy to get around exactly. for sure. Um, all right, so let's talk about you got there, you got into the hotel. Leaving the fan days stuff aside, because if you want to see the fan days coverage that Craig did, you can go to wdwinfo.com, go to the Diz. I assume I'm getting all this right. Yeah, we. I still, as of recording this, I still haven't put out everything. There's right. still way more to come, so it, it'll probably be all but out there. That's about and easy the event find. itself, right? It, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. This so, is a more general discussion. Right. So we'll leave the the event aside. Let's talk about what you got to do in the time you were there. Um, yeah. So uh, by the time I got in on Friday night, I didn't have any time to actually go into the parks because I had a dinner scheduled for me. So my first. Uh, real experience with either of the parks or even Disney Village or anything was uh, on Saturday morning. And uh, where'd you go to dinner the first night? Uh, it was inside the Hotel New York in one of the banquet halls. Okay. So it wasn't. I, it was a special. It's like I want to get out. Let me out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, right. you have to be in the banquet hall. <laughs> you have to be in the conference center. I know. It's <sighs> it, it was rough. You have to make sacrifices. Uh, no, but I, I've been on those trips where it's like all you want to do is go out and play yeah. and we'll have a great time. It's like no. Yeah, I was uh, unfortunately just with how they scheduled and working with a French uh, travel agency booking travels. I for some reason was the only person that was like booked to get in at like right before the event started instead of very early in the morning like everyone else so i i was at a disadvantage from the start i also think too did you fall asleep during dinner no no i'm i i got decent sleep on a on the red eye over so i had no one next to me he's also young he's not us (laughs) he's not okay go right to bed Really? As soon as you get I would have gotten off the plane and been in a coma. There's also other things, too. I think that if we had more warning and more foresight of this, we could have got you out a few days earlier yeah. and put you on a different flight and not worried about Disney paying for the flight. It's just the way it happened. It yeah, was all exactly. sort of weird. Um, but yeah, so I didn't have any time for anything. Besides, I walked over to Sequoia, had a drink over in their bar, so I saw that hotel. But yeah, the the first thing I did was Saturday morning, I had to kick it off by going to Disneyland Park and uh, took advantage of the fact that if you stay on site at the hotels, they do have an extra magic hour option. Uh, with uh, During the time I was there, the parks, both studios and Disneyland Park, opened at 10 a.m. So with their extra morning hours, they uh, got in 90 minutes early. So 8.30 was the time that we could go in. I do have a problem with that. They open the parks, but there is not coffee available until 10 a.m. <laughs> well, and <laughs> then I also found out, too, that once you get in, it's just... I, I was hoping because no. all the food is Americanized that they would at least try, but then it ends up being... Uh, you know, if you don't get espresso, then you're just drinking right. brown water. And the other thing, too, is their early hours are limited to certain places. Yes. It's not the entire park. It's not every ride. So we experienced that one day, and it was like, no, you can't go any further than this rope. It's yeah. Like, well, no, I want to walk around and see it at least. Do yeah. you have coffee? And they were like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, it ended up being an advantage because the first things that I wanted to see were the, was uh, Discovery Land. 
because that's something I've always saw pictures about. I've always read about uh, knowing that their Space Mountain was unique because mm-hmm. it actually has like a some a somewhat of a launch and goes upside From down. Outside, it's all yeah, you exactly. Enter, you you board outside and go shoot up into the mountain. Yeah, and I've always been fascinated with the Jules Verne uh, aspect of it. So this was something that I wanted to see first and foremost. Anyways, uh, it, it probably would have been Phantom Manor, except Phantom Manor was unfortunately. Uh, it's going. It's been down for a while, and it's still down <laughs> through the rest of summer. Part of a long refurbishment, but uh, so so it just worked out for me that that was all open. Uh, most of it, I think their uh, Autopia wasn't open. Their Speedway, uh, but everything else was. Star so, what Tours did you get to and, do during those early morning hours? Uh, the first thing went to straight away was uh, their Space Mountain, which was currently under a hyperspace mountain, which I thought was very, uh, very interesting and cool because because it does loop. Uh, that it's if you've done hyperspace mountain at Disneyland, the Star Wars overlay. It's it's awesome because they pipe in the Star Wars music and they have like laser effects. You see the TIE fighters and X-Wings flying by. But this one actually, because of the looping and the intense nature of it, it felt like you really were in like a dogfight in, in the Star Wars story. So it was it was definitely unique. I'd be interested to see it on a normal day when it's not hyperspace mountain. But from what I saw, I was able to do that. Did Star Tours. Uh and was expecting that to be my first thing that was only in French. But I think there was so many uh, English speakers in our little cabin that it was all completely in English. So, so say, let's, I do want to sort of clarify that. One of the things that was interesting in Disneyland Paris was there were quite a few times when you had a choice. Yeah. Where you can experience a ride in English or in French. Um, also th- different schedules. If there were seven shows during the day... They would alternate. Yeah, my my goal was trying to hear as much of the French language as I, possible. That's what happened when we went to China and uh, Tokyo? It's like I want to hear this in the in their language. Yeah, I and, thought that was a cool book. I had yeah, no. So that was that was a letdown for yeah. Star Tours. But you know, I get it when you're when you're only in a a room with ten people total, and you can stand there and listen to them all speaking English. You're not gonna. The ride, why would the ride be in French when you have all English speakers there? But uh, and then I also got to experience their Buzz Lightyear, uh, which had a lot of mechanical issues. So what would have been a 10 minute wait ended up being like a probably about a 30 to 40 minute experience. But so that that ate up a lot of the early morning right there. Just just doing that. So and that was uh, that was an issue that I saw throughout my time there is that attractions broke down pretty frequently and uh, it you just weren't sure how long it would mm-hmm. take. There was no real communication like there is in the States parks. Uh, it's you know, here when stuff breaks down, you got to start getting the spiels over and over again, letting you know. Here we we stood in a hallway for twenty five minutes, just like waiting. I don't even know what happened. And again, I'm I'm going to say something, and please don't write to me and be mad at me about this. But the French are very French, and it's like, oh, we're broken down. Hmm. 
It is what it is. Yeah. You know, they're very, it's kind of like the Italians. They're, they're not as... Apologetic? Well, they're not as um, excitable as yeah. we are in America, where something's broken down, let's go fix it. They were kind of, yeah. you know, they're kind of laid back about it. Yeah, it was easy going. It was, yeah. you know, it's, it is what it is. So, mm-hmm. and that's not a problem. It's actually, it was kind of nice in a way that you didn't have to get so stressed out about it because no one else around you was really stressed out. You know, people that weren't happy left the line and other people just waited. So it it was a very different atmosphere in that way. Uh, And then the day I tried to start off by just hitting as many of the the classics that you could want. So um, I went over to their Pirates of the Caribbean because I've always been told that that is just a complete different experience from any Love of the other their ones. Pirates. I and I, I really did too. So I. So what makes it different? The the big St- difference is a the theming, like the queue is uh, the most intricately themed queue that you go through uh, in terms of all the pirates that are around here. Like ours in Magic Kingdom is very nice, but this one is just like they built a a tropical island that's always at night indoors. So um, that, that was a big surprise, but then their story just actually progresses uh, a little bit more naturally. Like it's very similar in length to Disneyland's Mm -hmm. uh, with the extra added tunnels and stuff, but there's, like kicks off right away into all the pirate action. As I say, it felt more action-y to me. It felt like there was much more going on as opposed to the passive ride and you go past scenes. Yeah, and once it... Well, and then it transitions into, well, now you're in caves where there's skeletons and it it just felt like the story story flowed better. So... Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it, it was. It was really cool. One of the things I decided when we went to different parks was I was going to ride pirates in every park. Yeah. That was my goal. At least let me have that baseline of this is the ride. You've done them all? I have. I've done every single theme park. Wow, look at you. Yeah. yeah um, I got to check out their Indiana Jones uh, attraction, which is not – it's not our stunt show, and it's not uh, It's not Indiana Jones Adventure from Disneyland. It is a roller coaster that is very interesting. Um, it's kind of like an off-the-shelf roller coaster that I guess they added because uh, Disneyland, Euro Disneyland was uh, Euro Disney was losing attendance back in the day to smaller theme parks that had more thrill rides, so they just kind of plopped it in. But still, it was it was a nice little roller coaster and. Honestly, I don't think I did much more that first day because that that took me up to about noon, and then Disney did uh, Disney did put us in Waltz for lunch and paid for our meal at Waltz, and so won't really talk about the food because it's hard to hard. I to, will. <laughs> I will. I will let you. We've eaten in Waltz several times. Again, I say it's the best in theme park food you'll ever eat. It is five star French cuisine. Inside a theme park. And it is a lot of food. You get a lot of food. We did their dining plan when we went. And that was actually a mistake. Because we didn't understand it. And it felt like we were trying to eat. Remember that? We did the full board dining plan. We got everything. And we got everything every time. And it was like, at one point we were like, okay, listen, we're just going to lose money. Because we can't just keep going eating and eating. But yeah, Waltz is incredible. Waltz is unbelievable food. Yeah, it's I mean the I will say when I I couldn't finish my meal. We did a three-course meal and I just I got too full 
halfway through my entree, and that never happens with me. I don't get full. It's also um, a great space. It's upstairs off of Main Street, so you can actually see Main Street from the restaurant. Look out the windows. When we went, there was a parade. A weird Halloween parade yeah. that I didn't understand, but it was cool to see the parade from there. Remember that parade that was How like every. How could you not fun- understand a parade? I, you, there was no rhyme or reason to it. There was no. You couldn't understand if it was supposed to be scary or funny or characters or things they made up. It was like a bad. However, it trip. was also like four minutes long. It was like really short, <laughs> and they did it over and over again. Like so, like six times. They, they like, like walked back and forth. <laughs> oh. Might not have been a parade. It might have been the cleaners. <laughs> that was but I love the space up there. Yeah. Um, it's all the rooms are themed after the different rooms or the different lands of Disneyland Paris. So oh. uh, they had like the Adventureland uh, style room, the Main Street USA style room, a Fantasyland one, a Discoveryland one. So it's one of those restaurants where they urge you to get up and actually walk around and experience oh, cool. the whole space and look at the paintings, look at the, the oh, props. Mark Davis original well i don't know if it was original but it was mark davis artwork from pirates and things like that so it felt very much like club 33 to me yes and oh, that's nice. what a lot of people compare it yeah. to oh, okay they, i wonder what we yeah it to. they compare it to club 33 but it's not no one's excluded from it which is is, is a very nice right. aspect of it mm-hmm. and uh speaking of parades i did get a chance to check out their stars on parade uh, that they have their afternoon one which was a blend of kind of festival of fantasy it had elements from that but then there was other elements of it that felt a lot like sensational out in disneyland and it kind of felt like a marriage but then unique on its own so uh that was it it was that was the first time i really experienced a lot of the back and forth uh where there will be dialogue and songs in french but then it it's like a perfect marriage with english so it, it kind of all flows so you don't always need to you don't need to have it all in English or right. all in French. You got you kind of got the gist of what was happening, what was being sung based on both. So uh, that that was all I did the first day, and then it's a lot. <laughs> it, well, that is a lot. Wait for my day. second day. Then. <laughs> so then after that was the rest of that day devoted to the event. Yeah, that was okay. all fan days. After that, from about uh, six o'clock until two a.m. Okay. and then until 4 a.m. when I finally went to sleep uh, after after I was done with all the editing and things I had to get put up that night. So I got I got my next day. I started a little bit later. I, I couldn't make it for the early morning hours, which uh, wasn't an issue because, as you said, I basically did everything yeah, uh, anyways. Done. So it wasn't, wasn't that much of a massive deal. Uh, so I, I did... I did enter into the park at 10 a.m., which was also nice to see. What what would it be like when everyone got in at the same time? Uh, the answer for me probably was because it was a very busy weekend with the event happening and just a Sunday. Uh, but it was very busy at Disneyland Park right away, first thing in the morning. This is I mean, this is a uh, this is a very popular park. Yeah, it, so uh, the locals love it. So it is crowded, especially on the weekends. Yeah, did did not expect it. I was told that Saturdays were just awful. Avoid Saturdays at all if possible. But Sunday was looking like it was going to be grim too. Uh, but. I, I just focused on that day, like starting off the day, trying to hit the things that I didn't do before. Uh, I think the first attraction that I went on maybe was uh, It's a Small World. 
because you have to do it's a small world and everything and my goodness their small world is just it's it felt different because it is very different in the big way is there wasn't a lot of open i know right <laughs> that was really it felt well, different it, because it, it is, is different, different. Um, sometimes it's hard to describe these rides sometimes it's like how do you do it uh, yeah, okay, I, feel I bad about myself i love the magic kingdoms in disneyland specifically disneyland but there's a lot of open space and just like black walls that are randomly around it doesn't feel like they utilize the space properly this i don't know if it's because the boats were moving faster or if it was my first time but it felt like there wasn't an inch that wasn't unused and the I boats were moving faster i i don't know it uh, i literally felt like i was looking around both sides i have to say i agree with that i remember that experience thinking are the boats going fast yeah. because Speed i boats. could because i felt like i missed stuff like yeah. i missed detail oh, okay. where you get to look around in disneyland right. yeah. and in the um yes. the florida version this was it was all overloaded. on both sides yeah i feel like did it feel like it was longer too Yes, it did. But I again, I don't know if it was just the whole sensory of having things. It wasn't like ours here where you clearly are meant to look this way and then look that way. Right. This was it was just surrounding you on both sides. The Those kids time. were everywhere. They were. <laughs> did they have a heaven room at the end like ours? Yes, they do. It's a little bit different. It's not not as heavenly as ours. It's not yeah. all white lights and yeah. the children floating up. But uh, no, same. it's the same Some going part. down. It's, right. Some heading down. I just, their idea, again, I, I'm sure, and the Marks pointed this out to me. They're like, well, the Americans probably designed this, but I laughed when you get to their America room and it's, uh, it's cowboys and farmers and then, (laughs) yeah. And then there's a football player and a baseball player just standing there. Really? Well, I'm sure when people from other countries go through our small world and the people from Spain go, yeah, because we're all doing the kicks and and Paris is flamenco dancers in front of the Eiffel tower. Got my basket of maize. It's just just always hilarious to me. Don't make fun of my favorite ride. I know. I, that's my absolute favorite ride. And it was it was wonderful there. It really was. Was um, it all inside or did it start outside like Disneyland? It, it started outside, uh, but they did theirs outside as ours should be instead of being in a room. Theirs is all covered. So you walk in and it's it's covered, but it is ex- there is an exterior to it. So and then even it's not, they, also, they, get hundred, they don't get 100 degree days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They so get snow. They yeah. do get snow. Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. I would love to see Disney in snow. I think the same awesome. thing for about ten minutes. No, I would just, I would love it. Oh, I would too. Um, other things I experienced, I did. They have, uh, they have a version of Storybook Land canal boats oh, there I love that, too. that I guess is only open on weekends. That in their Casey Junior Circus Train, which um, they are different from Disneyland's version because their Casey Juniors is almost like a little mini roller coaster. It oh. zooms around. Uh, it's not. It's not like the tractor, like at Disneyland. Yeah. It's a tractor on a on a roller coaster track. Um, their storybook land isn't narrated uh, by like there isn't a person on your boat doing it. No? It's just a free floating experience, but still, still very cool. Uh, same, cool. same exact concept of it. Uh, did their Alice uh, labyrinth that they have the maze all around, which. It's. It seems like such a simple thing. Like they they put a maze inside a park, but it really like you. Cool. It, it's a good time waster. Like it was very easy to navigate, but 
you'll like stop and look after the experience of walking all through this maze, seeing some of the animatronics that pop up, getting lost once or twice. You spend like 20 minutes walking through it. One of the things they explained to us when we were on Adventures by Disney was Disney, the Magic Kingdom is themed for different countries that might visit in Europe. And I had an epiphany in Magic Kingdom in Disneyland in Paris one day. With um, Just behind the castle, there's a diorama um, of Snow White, of and, Snow White and, the seven dwarfs. and the seven dwarfs inside the cottage. And it's very cool. And we were standing there watching it. It's very detailed. And the guide said to us, well, you know, this is the German version. And I said, I don't understand what you mean. He said, well, you know that Snow White and the seven dwarfs and Sleeping Beauty are the same story, right? They kind of are the same yeah. story. Yeah. However, the French version had seven fairies. Walt brought it down to three fairies. Oh. And Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. But if you go and look at the plot points, they're the same story. Well, I stood there with my mouth open, dumbstruck. <laughs> I thought, I've seen both of these movies. Why didn't I figure this out? But what it is is the darker, even the colors, the darker, richer jewel tones are very German. Yeah. And the lighter pastels, the pinks and the blues, is very French. And there's an area that's designed for um, people from Spain. And it's just to appeal to different nationalities. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. No, and uh, I, I mean, talk about the castle real quick. It's I love that their castle, they do have a walkthrough for Sleeping Beauty, not quite as intricate as... Uh, Disneyland's. Mm-hmm. It's not like you feel like you're going up in it, but you really are. And it's a nice little diorama set up telling the story. Uh, but of course, the big thing under their castle, uh, you can walk in and see the dragon. The dragon. That is, yeah. The world's largest animatronic. Underneath the castle? Underneath like in a castle. dungeon or something? Yeah, yeah, it's literally a dragon in a dungeon under the castle. Did and you take it, any video of it? I did, yeah. Because I've got video twice. at home I bet I could find. And once it was out of commission. Yeah. Wow. No, it was it was just beautiful. It's it was huge. eerie. It and was it moves, massive. And it breathes fire and there's smoke around. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. One of my favorite Disney artists, I have a couple, Mary Blair, I've talked about that before. Ivan Earl is one of the um he's most associated with Sleeping, Sleeping Beauty. Beauty. Yeah. And that's what their castle looks like. It looks like an it looks very Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. The little square trees and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And one of the things that was cool was we had gone one time and they had just pulled out all of the original trees which had grown too much and were now out of perspective. Yeah. And they had just replaced it with smaller versions of the trees so that the perspective of the trees in the castle was better. Was correct. It's yeah. really cool. That's the cool thing yeah. about the dragon, too, is it's not... It, you just walk under the castle and see it. It's not like you have to queue up yeah. or wait to go and see it. It's very sort of relaxed, and you're like, oh, this yeah. is really neat. The well, other thing cool. is about the castles is the United States, both Disneyland and Disney World... Are castles that are built like look like they could be real castles? They're kind of built on a realistic. I mean, there's some fancifulness right. to it. There is no doubt that the castle in Disneyland Paris is a fantasy castle. Yeah. I mean, there are spires that you know obviously. Well, they have real castles. And that's the there. joke. That's they the have joke. real castles, so they had to go more for a fantasy castle than because cool. they do have them laying around. You right. Know? Yeah. But even their castle, like it just. It, not even the Sleeping Beauty walkthrough or the 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 dragon. They just had all these pathways around the yes. castle that you could get. I mean, you couldn't get lost, but like there were perspectives and angles that you could get 
of the castle that you can't get at any of ours because you have maybe pathways on the sides and then the drawbridge going up. This was not like that. You could get so many different unique perspectives and looking other, up at it. As Just you beautiful. walk down Main Street, it sort of sits up on the top of a hill. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Yeah, it really was. It's um, the prettiest one in my opinion. I, with the ones I've seen, I would agree with that. Uh, just wrapping up Fantasyland, I did all of the dark rides they have there, too, which is uh, Snow White, Pinocchio, and Peter Pan. And uh, they and all three of them had differences to the actual ones that you might experience at Disneyland or Walt Disney World. Um, uh, like Peter Pan, especially, they had four people ride vehicles instead of just two, which was odd but um and that was a mix of english and french but snow white and pinocchio were just fully in french so that was that was great yeah yeah and um but yeah so there was a lot of unique stuff in fantasy land the detail was just incredible throughout there just like kevin said like walking in the one uh gift shop and just finding that there's a full snow white's cottage set up indoors looking at it it's like you don't see that here it was insane they just put that inside um and then kind of the last thing covered most of Adventureland uh, with pirates that's the big thing there they have swiss family treehouse which i always do wherever it it is um their big thunder mountain railroad which is very unique because it's out on the middle of this island uh kind of like a tom sawyer's island but uh, because they do have a boat that goes around the island too, but the loading dock for it is on the mainland. So it's unique that it actually has a tunnel that it connects from the loading and unloading station under the water. Under and it goes under the water, and it's one of it ended up being my favorite attraction that I experienced in Disneyland Park. Only I know it's so simple, just going through a tunnel, but. It, the experience you have going back and forth in complete darkness in this area, it's one of those things you just have to do to understand. It was thrilling and just really unique. And um, yeah, so those are the kind of the highlights for Disneyland Park. The last thing I would talk about is Main Street. Uh, it gets a lot of press that while their Main Street is normal, just right down the center, they have two arcades on each side. Uh, on side streets. So you have the middle of Main Street, gift shops, and then on the opposite side of the gift shops are think, these think covered enclosed, yeah, yeah, enclosed walkways, covered walkways. Okay. So the gift shops have a front and a back door. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. And they do it again because it snows there and it gets cold there. So yeah. when they want people to exit the park quickly, people can go down those side areas. There's three you know. There's three walkways. But it isn't, yeah. it's like such a, you like, this is brilliant. Yeah. Why didn't everybody do this? Why didn't every park have this? This is brilliant. Well, and they are enclosed, but they have all these gas lamp lights mm. along the way. And it oh, is very cool. like, it's very like 1920s World Fairish. So yes. like the one side, it tells the story of the Statue of Liberty and has this little diorama where everyone's looking at the Statue of Liberty after it's built. The other one is focused on uh, other technologies and innovation. So it's these... Just As you're walking along, walkways. you think everybody should have a bustle. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. And it's big enough that there are benches. There are little tables. I mean, you can go to the bakery and get something, and you get a drink, and you can sit down in this arcade as and people go by. And we've been there when it rained. And it's so this brilliant. makes it yeah. very easy to access Main Street. 
Yeah. That's cool. No, it was very cool. Very cool. It can happen here. I, I would love it. <laughs> uh, and I did see their nighttime show out there. Um, uh, Illuminations. No no relation to our Illuminations right. at Epcot. But it was a blend of castle projections and then also fountains right around their castle. Because their castle does have a moat area, too. Uh, like every castle should, and so this was. Uh, this was show, uh, right? Yeah, basically. Went, that was the first place where we actually saw a projection show. That was the first. And one. we were blown away by that. We were like, "This is incredible!" But now it's you know everywhere you go is it was, projection. but it still felt like their projection technology. I know ours is amazing out here, but something about watching it there, it felt crisper it felt like because it felt more of a story out there yeah. i don't know they what did the something new show that i is. haven't seen before because of the way their castle is built they had the hunchback swinging around the turrets and jumping from one to the other completely blew me away yeah and then they stole that for our happily ever after so uh with this show i will say the one i it just it was a beautiful show obviously worth watching i had to wait two hours to get like a prime viewing location of it but it was worth it um the the one thing that i found odd was like they they included beauty and the beast in it of course which is a french tale Mm -hmm. but it i felt so odd that like the little mermaid section was all in french and then they get to beauty and the beast and it was in english and then i was like well you think they would have kept the story from the country in its foreign language, but uh, that was just an odd criticism on my behalf. But uh, in the middle of my whole long Disneyland Park day, I also did go over to the studios because I need to experience stuff. Uh, so I you got saw Ratatouille, right? Oh yeah, no, I went in. I went and experienced Ratatouille, which is the the birthplace of the Ratatouille attraction that we'll eventually be getting here in the next couple of years at uh, Epcot in World Showcase at the France Pavilion. So I got my sneak peek at what it's going to be like, and I think it's going to make most people very, very happy. Very, very happy. Yeah. I love that ride. Best theme park ride I've ever been on. That you've ever been on. Really? Because there's a couple you haven't been on that are incredible. Then they don't matter. They don't matter. <laughs> it's the best theme park ride I've ever been on. Cool. Yeah, it was. Pirates in Shanghai. I tried. I tried. I I am the one thing I felt again. I don't want to keep going on, but part of what I was excited about being in France was hearing the French language, and so I love that Ratatouille had that blend back and forth between English and French, and it felt natural because of the movie. The first thing I did was I wanted to do Jungle Cruise in Tokyo. Yeah, because I wanted to hear them do it, and the funny part about that was this guy was animated and he was excited and he was going and you could tell he was telling jokes and stuff flat the whole boat was just flat (laughs) and i went on with jeff and we're hysterical just because of the fact that he's working so hard nobody was laughing nobody was laughing nobody did anything at the end we cheered they all got off they walked off the boat i don't know if it's a a cultural cultural maybe but it was funny but that's something i wanted to do is i wanted to see our rides in different languages it's funny because i remember it's been a while it's been a minute since I've been there, but I remember the the languages um, just flowing back and forth. It, and it did in this attraction, and I really hope they keep that when they bring it to World Showcase. Yeah. I hope they don't just go straight English on it because it felt it felt authentic mm. being there. Like, and this. you could the story doesn't suffer because it's not right. in English. Absolutely not. No, and that was and that leads me to another one of the highlights of that park. It's called. Mickey and the Magician. It's being rumored right now that this show could come to. Uh, we didn't see it. Was this cinemagic when we were there? 
No, it's, this it's is in some, the theater. It's in the same theater, but it's a different show. Oh. This is the one everybody raved about, and we didn't go. I regret not doing yeah. it. Yeah, essentially, it's uh, kind of along the line of Sorcerer Apprentice. Uh, Mickey is with a, a an actual magician, and uh, along the way, the magician goes away, and Mickey starts... Uh, all the Disney characters and movies start popping up and uh, it's blended with like actual like magic in oh. there. So uh, magic tricks are happening. I know it's happened in a couple shows now, but I think this was the first one where they did the costume uh, change for uh, one of the characters. I can't remember which one in this show, but going from wearing one outfit to just pulling like a cord and doing a spin and then they were in a complete oh, different one. Happens, yeah. Like I know that I know they added that to the frozen show in California, I believe, but I think this was the first time it was done for a, a Disney park show. Um, but kind of magic like that throughout. But this, again, it kind of went Mickey only spoke in French, but like the magician and the side characters spoke English. So you understood the entire show because they would usually repeat like, "Why, yes, Mickey, that is what I just said." Yeah. Uh, but it, this show was mesmerizing. If it comes, people love it. If it comes to Hollywood Studios, like some people are saying, it it will blow our crowds away. Like the first thing I said after watching it was like, "I, I can't believe that we still have Beauty and the Beast live on stage with all these shoddy costumed characters just bouncing around that are the same size as the actors." That are in the show like i can't believe we still have that running 20 years later but then there's this yeah. type of but show the question exists. becomes you know do we make every park the same do we put the same no. attractions in every single theme park or do no. we leave it where there's unique attractions well, i that, definitely think there should be unique attractions yeah, for each too. park yeah. yeah and i i also weigh the same thing and this but the, a show like this felt it felt like it's it could do well on cruise line it could do well anywhere and maybe some version of it yeah maybe when some version of when it. the show like even if it's changed up use different different disney movies in it uh it doesn't always have to be the same representation but it was i uh, i mean the storyline was great that's why the show worked that's um, also one of the things that out there they always say you gotta see it you have to see yeah. it and people get in line early to see it did you ride crush's coaster i did ride crush's coaster and that is a spinning coaster uh that's set to finding nemo and it was it was a lot of fun it was i waited probably like 35 minutes for it in the single riders line and it was it was worth every minute waiting from the outside it looks like a ride that would be Child's ride. children a dark ride like and valerie our friend valerie who's in her 70s and she wouldn't mind me saying that decided she was going to ride it just because it looked cute she came off and her hair was all puffed out and she had turned as white as the sheet of paper in front of you and she said words that we can't say on the podcast <laughs> it's a wild mouse Spend, type yep. of ride but it's much more intense but you're sitting in an upside down turtle shell and as soon as the ride starts the turtle shell is let loose so it spins it's like triceratops spin but more violent and it's also paired with the optics that make it yeah. uh, a little bit more intense so you did a lot Okay. I was gonna yeah. say you you got a lot done. You oh. did more in your two days, I think, than we did in five. Yeah, no, because so. I even did. I did the only other attractions I did at studios was I skipped their Toy Story Land because it looks awful. Um, but I did the tram tour, 
the back lot. So I could see uh, they still have Catastrophe Canyon running there. And then they have arguably the worst special effects show out there. It's an Armageddon one. <laughs> so <And> stupid. It's, <laughs> it was, so dumb. <laughs> there, what was it before? It wasn't Armageddon. No, it was Armageddon. Huh? Is yeah. that the... That's the, when I went. The, the only thing that was that was, that was terrible. Well, okay. It was, was it? clearly meant for like Hollywood Studios too because it, the intro of it is done by Michael Clark Duncan, mm-hmm. one of the actors from it. Uh, who's no longer with us, too. So that just makes it slightly morbid from the start. But then they dubbed him over in French with oh. an accent that doesn't sound good. So it's like, well, if why would this attraction that's only in France, why would they get an American who doesn't speak French to be the host of it? Is this the one where you stood around a big circle yes. when you were inside? I yeah. wasn't Armageddon when I did it because I know Bruce Willis was involved in it. Was he in Armageddon? Yeah. Bruce yes. Willis was. Yeah, so uh, it was Armageddon. Maybe it was Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, telling you, the only time we've been there has been Armageddon. The most ridiculous 30 minutes I've ever yeah. spent in a theme park. Agreed. Yeah. And it all, it's, yeah. to me, it feels like, well, we spent so much money on this stupid thing. We're just going to keep it in here. But it is really ridiculous. Yeah. It is. Don't waste your time. So I want to go to, you did a lot. Yes. Absolutely did a lot. What is What is the trick behind doing a lot? Is it because you were just driven and pushed and you were by yourself and you were going to run from pillar to post or did you think you could do it again um okay so uh half 50 50 so they did give me a vip fast pass so i will say that i did have that that essentially meant that i could do every attraction that had a fast pass just walking right in there didn't have to worry about the times however i only used that for I only used that I think once the entire time I was there. I well I used it twice, both for Big Thunder, but the first time I rode Big Thunder, I used it because I only had a limited time. Jumped right on it. The second time I did it, uh, I was with the Marks, and they did get their fast pass time, and I waited. I just didn't get a fast pass because I didn't need it. Can but, we just say that the Marks are two gentlemen yeah. named Mark who live in England? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I I was by myself, so I utilized single rider on things like Ratatouille. Ratatouille, the the fast pass wait had to have been about ten or twenty minutes, but single rider was pretty much a walk on or five minutes, so I used that. Uh, Crushes didn't have a fast pass, so I had to use single rider for that. Um, I I just I was I was smart about that. I think the only other time I used fast pass was Peter Pan. Because like every Peter Pan out there, uh, it's an hour-long wait for such a short ride. So I did utilize it there. So I probably would have missed out on maybe like two or three attractions or one or two re-rides on things without it. But um, I this this took motivation. Knowing that I only had a day and a half to do everything, it took a lot of motivation. I you also moved faster as a single person. I imagine. Yeah, yeah. he's you know younger and he's got more energy than we do. Yeah. I my think first, just being by yourself, where yeah. you don't have to make you don't my have to take trip, other people into consideration. That, and that was a huge part. I I did I did um, I luckily when I was with the Marks, they were very open to like yeah whatever you want to do. You're here for the limited amount of time. We'll go do it. So that helped. But then once I was on my own, that's when I started bouncing around. I didn't even I it took me until I think six o'clock on Sunday to realize that I didn't eat at all throughout the entire day. So then finally I stopped 
and got a quick service meal, which, you know. Another function of being younger. Right. Because it's like, we're like, oh my, okay, let's I eat, forgot let's to eat. eat. Let's eat. Right, I forgot to eat. <laughs> that, well, that never happens to me. I need my, I need my three meals a day, but it was just that, it was just that motivation of, right. excitement. I, of being... I have to get these done. When I have to see them. When someone says to you, I forgot to eat, do you not want to beat them to a pulp? Yes. <laughs> oh, look, I have not eaten today. <laughs> my first trip to Disneyland was a business trip and I had one day to visit Disneyland and I Pretty much did that. Now that's when it was just the Disneyland Park, but I was in my twenties and it was a different time. And I ran all around and did everything I could in one day. So when you're younger and you've got different priorities, you get to do that. Oh that's no! Just- I mean, I stopped and I finally got my quick service meal. I got a pizza to carb up, and uh, <laughs> luckily at um, I don't understand this experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, luckily at their quick service restaurants as well as full service they do actually offer uh alcohol that you can purchase you have to buy food in order to get it though so it's not like you can just walk up to a quick service and get it that being said i know though you say it in that way people are very concerned about our magic kingdom adding alcohol to table service meals maybe even one day quick service this between both of those parks was the least amount of people i ever saw drinking at any disney park it's also europe Yourself yeah. included? Myself what do you mean? Sorry. You didn't drink a lot? I only had I only had the one beer with my quick service meal just because I needed I needed fast carbs to get in my body and give me more energy. Um, it was in the studios, I figured that's not a, a castle park. So that was do the same thing. I, I figured that was not a castle park, so it'd be like Epcot, California Adventure, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, where you have bars everywhere. And again, there was there was nothing when you went to a quick service stand expecting uh, uh, maybe they might have beer there. It was Perrier and other soft drinks, and that was it. So it felt like they kept uh, people might be concerned, like oh, it's 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 Europe. There's alcohol everywhere. There really wasn't you. So if you're going to these parks thinking that you're going to spend a day like California Adventure or Epcot just getting drunk, that's not that's, that's not the experience. So not at all. But yeah, that, that took me by surprise. Excellent. All right, so let's do a little bit of uh, just sort of, uh, not logistics, but a little bit of talking about um, booking Disneyland Paris. Um, we've had this conversation before. Dreams Unlimited Travel can book a Disneyland Paris vacation. We choose not to make it a forefront of what we sell because we don't have a lot of agents who have the experience with that park. But if you're a client of dreams and you write your agent, they can help you out with that. We've booked a couple of folks for Disneyland Paris, but one of the places where um, we do book quite a few people is they do an add on to an adventures by Disney trip. Adventures by Disney adds a two or three day Disneyland Paris add-on to their London Paris adventure. And now that they're doing the Seine River Cruises, you can do an add-on at the end of your Seine River Cruise. That is the only way they will book a Disneyland Paris add-on. You can add it to an Italy adventure and end up in Disneyland Paris. You would have to book on your own. And the nice thing about that is you do get fast passes as part of the... You do get fast passes. You get your food included. It's... It's not inexpensive, though. Right. It's because Disneyland Paris, a lot of times, they have the food packages that are added to it. And 
That's included. Yeah. And you have a choice of staying in the Disneyland Hotel or the New York Hotel, which I imagine eventually will be the Marvel Hotel. But there is a difference in price in that also, kind of like staying... Like the Grand Floridian versus, right. you know, something A else. monorail resort versus a non-monorail resort. Right. So there are options for you if you want to do it. You could do certainly do it on your own. There's a lot of information online. Um, they offer packages the same way you could book at uh, Walt Disney World or Disneyland. You could book a vacation package. You could book tickets separate. The only thing I would advise you on that is their tickets are a little weird. They're a little bit more constructed in our tickets. You know, you can't just do one, two, three, four, five. There's kind of this block of how you buy their tickets. And if you're visiting Paris or any other of the European cities, there the train, as I said before, does take you directly into Disneyland Paris. So right. it is it is accessible. I think if you have the opportunity to go, you should go. I think, well, I think that's true of every place. Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, we I will, we've talked about this a little bit. There were some theme parks that we visited that I don't know were worth it. Hong Kong Disneyland was not one that I would go out of my way to see. I think if you're a Disney fan, you should see them all if you can. Mm-hmm. You might decide not to go back again. But I think, I think Disneyland Paris is definitely worth the trip. Right. I, I don't know that I would do it. On a red eye for 48 hours, you know? Yeah. I'm not Craig's age. I would say the next time I go back, uh, I will definitely probably give myself three days there. Uh, Definitely two full days and then uh, that half a day to work on, on travel and transportation. And I feel like that would be a nice, comfortable amount. I had fan days going on, so that... That took away for a lot of hours. Guess how much more you could have done if you didn't have to go to that party. Holy smokes. Exactly. You could have painted the hotel. And that's that's what affected it. But I would – but, you know, then – so if you get that two and a half, three days there – uh, couple that on with actually experiencing France. Uh, France, Sorry, I almost said French and France at the same time. Uh, I think that would be ideal because the one thing that I was – again, I I knew that going in that – most of Europe knows a little bit of English enough to get by, but at Disneyland, it felt like as soon as they pegged you as either British or English, they are American, they knew right away to just switch into English mode. And even if you tried to do like little phrases with them, uh, they just preferred keeping it. You didn't try little English. phrases, did no, you? I did, you know, the basic ones that you know, merci. You have to be polite. Bonjour, like yeah. stuff like that, but it's but they just they prefer speaking english and i i get that they learned english i'm sure they want to speak it the same way that we want to speak the words that we do know somebody told me that that was especially the case with something like phantom manor phantom manor they listen to the room to decide what they're how they're going to actually go the route of it the only rude cast member i met in disneyland paris is i thought i was being clever and i asked for trois aqua and she looks at me and she goes we're in the united states are you from and I said, Florida. She goes, aqua doesn't mean water. Oh. I said, can I trois-oh? She goes, yes, you can have three waters. And she was just, she was snotty about it. <laughs> and she wasn't even French. And she wasn't even French. I have a question. Sure. What, what do you think, if you, I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, what is the average length of stay when people go to Disneyland Paris? Is it a, is it a short visit? Yeah, I don't think it's a long I don't time. think it's a long it's visit. It's not like a seven-night or anything? No, because what they offer, some of the tickets they offer are actually, their multi-day tickets come in two, three, and four-day. So nothing beyond a four-day ticket. Yeah. You'd have I to also bet. have to tell you, and I, I understand that Craig's situation was wildly different than anything else. I think it's kind of criminal if you go to France 
and you go to Disneyland and not visit Paris. Oh, well, Paris yeah. is 20 miles away. Yeah, right. I, I couldn't go. I understand. And I, I mean, I could have. I could have said the heck with Disneyland Paris on that Sunday and I could have went there. My wife would have murdered me if I would have went into Paris. I think I'd be helping her. her pick out the weapons on that. One. Uh, yeah, so I think it's criminal. So I think people add this to a stay in Paris or a parrot with a stay in a Paris. Par- Did I say add it? Yeah, yeah. I will say one thing I that I mean the same. Thing. I've looked at too. Uh, their annual price, annual pass prices are ridiculously cheap. Yeah. So really? if you do travel to Europe a couple times a year. Like I look, they're like basically the no blockout date one is with the conversion. If you get it at the right time, you can get it for like six hundred dollars. The other thing American. I remember too is they had a lot of discounts for for pass holders. Yeah. They had merchandise discounts and food discounts, so they were very generous about that. We talked about going one time, and it was only to Disneyland Paris, and I told John I wouldn't go. I'm not going go to, to Disneyland Paris and not visit. The city of Paris. Yeah, you have to go to Paris. I agree. Excellent. Craig, thank you so much for giving us that information. Um, We are very happy that you had a good time and you got a chance to go. We're very jealous. No, we're not. We're not. I am. I'm jealous. I mean, I'm always, I would love to spend more time in France, but to fly out on a Thursday night and come back on what, Monday morning? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Again, thank you very much. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you, everybody at home for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation.